So we have been studying through the Apostles' Creed and uh, just looking at different aspects of it. And uh, I, uh, I have really been, uh, this has really been challenging to me uh, and really uh, powerful to help me understand some things about the working of, the, uh, of how the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit uh, work together. And uh, they're each, uh, we worship one God, but yet we have that he's represented in three, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I mean, it's, a, it's a, not an easy thing to comprehend. And uh, we're, we, we've talked about Jesus. We talked about the work that he does. We talked about uh, the Father um, and uh, how that Jesus brought him out in the open for everybody to see what the Father was like, that people had a lot of misconceptions, still do, about God. Uh, because they don't look at Jesus, they look at the ideas from the Old Testament without the clarity of the New Testament. The New Testament clarifies everything. The New Testament is the new covenant. Everybody say new covenant. So you have an old covenant, which is the old contract that God had made, that he had revealed. And, it was, and, and look, it was, there wasn't anything wrong with the old contract. It just was what it was, dealing with fleshly man who could not, who could not, receive complete and absolute forgiveness because of his rebellion. They did what was called sacrifices, which was only paying the interest on what they had done, the sins of mankind. It did not cover the principle of what man did through Adam. So, you know, every time they would go make a sacrifice, it was just covering the interest, covering the interest of what had happened. But when Jesus came, he not only paid off the interest, but paid off the principle. Aren't you glad the debt is gone? Your debt is gone. Your debt is gone. People say, well, this is the year of Jubilee. Well, let me tell you something. When you receive Christ, you are now living in a Jubilee season in your life, which means the debt is gone. You're free. You're not under bondage anymore. And I know that sometimes we'll hear preachers talking about, it's the year of Jubilee, and we need to all celebrate. You know, they're sounding of the horn. Well, look. We're not tied to the natural rule of things. We're tied to the spiritual rule, and that is in Christ Jesus, he became the curse for me so that now I am free completely from the curse. As the word says, whom the Son has set free, they are free indeed. So there is, look, all I'm doing is living in the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. Thought I'd get a better amen on that. You know, when Jesus revealed himself, through uh, in Luke chapter 4, when he got up and he talked about to the in the synagogue about who he was, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, right? He said, He's anointed me to preach the, the good news to the poor. He's sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty those who are captive, to give sight, all the different things that he talked about. And then he finished with, and to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. And that means that that's the year of Jubilee, that because of Jesus, you and I live in a perpetual Jubilee. So when someone gets up and tries to say from the Paul, and, and, and we may have someone even do that here, you know, have a guest in, but none of our team would do that. But, but, but when people tell you that, well, it's a time of Jubilee, that has nothing to do with you because you're living in Jubilee. Now, if you want to go back to the old covenant, then you're going to only have a Jubilee every 49 years, 50 years, you know, the 50th year. But I just think it's better to have it every day of my life and every year of my life. Amen? 
So God made a new covenant with mankind in the blood of Christ. He eliminated and eradicated the principle that was against us, which means now there's no interest due. Amen. When the principle's gone, there's no interest due. Amen. There's something powerful about being debt-free. You know, just talking about sin, but, but also in the natural, we know that, look, when we have no debt in our lives, then we're not having to pay interest on anything. Hallelujah. And think of all the resources that are loosened up in our lives when it's not all going towards principle and debt. Amen. The Bible says that the, the borrower is servant to the lender. And so we, we want to believe God with you. I absolutely, you know, I just, I'm not preaching on this today, but they just was revealing this, this last, I heard this uh, um, report that 75%, over 75% actually, of people in the United States of America could not cover a $1,000 emergency. They don't have the cash. They'll have to borrow the money from their credit cards to do it. That's wrong. Huh? At 25%, thank you. So here, here, listen, here's the thing. You got your taxes coming up, especially you young families, and I know you're getting way more money than I'm getting with your family, all right? You take $1,000 out of that and you put it somewhere where you can't touch it. And you always make sure if you do touch it, you put more back in, you make a plan to put more back into it. You set that 1000 aside. You know what that's going to do to people? And, and people are saying, well, you know, it's because of the economy. That's baloney. That's because we in our lives have developed bad habits of buying things with money we don't have. Why are you amen in that better than we're debt free in Jesus and liberty? <laughs> no, we fought, look, we follow the principle in our ministry and in our life that, look, God wants you to be debt free, but you have to start somewhere. The first place you've got to start is you've got to get money in a savings account that you, can, you, you do not touch. You don't go to McDonald's on it whenever you're bored. You don't do, and I don't know why you'd want to go to McDonald's when you're bored, but you, know, you don't use it for your vacation. You don't use it for anything. It just sits there, and if it's an interest-bearing account, then it bears what nominal interest they give you on a savings account, okay? Or put it in a safe where you don't touch it. Can I get a good amen? amen? So you guys that have taxes coming back, if you don't have that set aside, this is the time to do it right now. That way, if your water heater goes out, which it will, they do, tire blows out, or you have to replace tires because something bad happened or whatever, you got the money right there to deal with it, and you're not thinking about going to the bank to have to be the servant to the, the lender. Amen. And I'll tell you one way it'll help you to live on that. Man, I got to get off of this. But one thing that'll really help you, it bugged me when I heard that. It really did. It bothers me because I used to live that way. That's why it bothers me so much. That's how Sharon and I used to live. And when we finally discovered, and of course, Dave Ramsey helped us through financial peace so much that it changed and transformed our lives, that when you put a thousand into a savings account and you just have it there, there is a sense of peace of just knowing there is a financial peace that comes from that, just knowing that I've got that set aside in case anything comes up. The other thing he told us to do, and I mean, it was a step of faith, is cut up all your credit cards. Cut them all up. Have a party. 
Don't think about, think about banking on cash that you have instead of on credit that you can get. All right, the Holy Spirit. I got to move on. Man. So when we talk about the work of the Holy Spirit, and Greg, we're just going to go to Genesis 1.1, I want to... Um, I want to read this passage to you uh, out of Genesis chapter 1. And this is, you know, the, Moses was not in the beginning, but God told him all of this by the Holy Spirit. God revealed every bit of this to Moses in the five books of the law, the, what's called the Torah uh, or the Pentateuch. Um, and uh, he gave them, gave, told him how the story, how everything unfolded. And in verse 1, it said, In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And I always challenge people that you really should study this out, this verse, uh, this verse 2, because it will really help you understand kind of the way that things were in the world uh, when, before God started speaking. God created all of this, but it was not in order yet. It was not all in complete order. We don't know why it wasn't all in complete order, but that really doesn't matter for you and I why it wasn't in order. What we do know is, is that even though it was in what's called chaos, that the Spirit of God was in the midst of the chaos. And I want you just to grab hold of that thought this morning. It says, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The Holy Spirit was here. You know, the Holy Spirit didn't just come on the day of Pentecost to the earth. The Holy Spirit is God, and he has been here from before time. You know, recognize that you and I, we live in time, right? But God does not live in time. God created time. But God does not live in time. How do we base time? We base it linear, don't we? We base it linear off of minutes, hours, right? Days, months, years. Before the sun and the moon existed, none of that existed. There was no, there was just eternity. There was, that eternity still exists. But when God made man, he also made man in a time-based operation, okay? That there was a revolving of the sun, now, man was supposed to live forever. Man was never supposed to die while he was in God's creation. That was not God's plan for man. He was not going to wear out. He was not going to die. He was not going to sin. He was going to live for God, live with God forever in the garden. And even though there would be time, man would supersede that time because of who he was associated with. Are you all with me right now? So... The Holy Spirit was in that, was in that eternity, was moving on the face of the waters. And this, to me, is just so important because some of you are dealing with chaos right now in your lives. And you need to know that the Holy Spirit is there in the midst of that chaos, in the midst of that darkness, in the midst of whatever you're going through. He's there. The Holy Spirit hovered. He, it isn't like, you know, it's like someone said, well, when you go over 65 mile an hour, man, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit jumps off your vehicle and the angels leave too. I said, man, if there's any time I need them on the vehicle is when I'm going over 65. No, the Holy Spirit isn't bailing in your chaos. In your chaos. 
And it, is, it doesn't make any difference whether it's financial, family, it's, you know, health. The Holy Spirit is there. But I want you to watch, look at this in the verse 3. So the Spirit was hovering over the face of the water, but nothing has happened. And then God said, let there be light, and then there was light. So the Holy Spirit, and you can write this down in your notes if you're keeping notes today, the Holy Spirit responds to the words of, the, of God. The Holy Spirit responds to the words of God. You know, people say, well, I, I, I hear you, Pastor. I believe in God. I believe in the Holy Spirit, but I don't know why anything isn't changing in my life. It's because of what you're saying. Because if you're not saying what God is saying, then the Holy Spirit is not obligated to bring to pass what you're saying. But when you and I say what God says, when we declare what God says, the Holy Spirit begins to move, begins to bring that to pass in our lives. So, you know, if we keep talking about what's wrong, we're not speaking what God has said. We are not declaring what God has said. That's why Job, you know, Job was told to decree a thing and it'll be established to you. When we declare the word of God, we are bringing forth God's will and intent for our lives. When you pray God's word, the truth of God's word, you are praying God's perfect will over your life. You're declaring over your life, and God has obligated himself to carry out his word. In fact, he said that there are two immutable things, one that God cannot lie, and whatever God has said, that he's going to do exactly what he said he would do. He brings that to pass in our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in operation in the earth, has been here from the beginning. And I want you to get that. He is not the force. You know, he's not some, it's not a mystical thing. He is an actual, he is God and he is a person and he has attributes and abilities that he operates in, but he is not just a mist or a cloud or a dove or a fire, those are attributes, obviously, that he can show himself in, but that is not who he is. And that he moves when the word is being spoken. When the word is being spoken. Now, one of the challenges that the Lord brought to me years and years ago, and I've really tried to live by this, is to make sure that I'm not mingling my words with doubt. You know, the Bible says you don't mingle seed. You don't throw, you know, when we do corn, we do corn. We don't do corn and wheat in the same row. Are you listening to me? We do corn in a row. We might do pickles over here or do or, uh, cucumbers, excuse me, or do something. But we don't, like, go, well, let's just mix it all up in a bag and just start throwing it down the rows. You know what you get when you do that? A mess, Right? And one thing will kill another, one thing will destroy another thing, right? The, those pickles, man, they'll take over, cucumbers, excuse me, will take over everything, and, uh, but I like pickles. That's why I keep going back to it. But you, you, but, but, you know, realize that what we do, we don't mingle that seed. We don't, why we don't do that in our own life is because you don't want to mix doubt and faith together. That in one minute you're saying what God said, in the next minute you're saying what the world is saying. You say, well, I'm doing that, Pastor. We'll knock it off. It's that easy. It really is. It's a choice that you're making in your life. 
If you made a choice in your life that you're only going to declare out of your mouth the outcome that you desire, that you, that you desire how does that change what you say? How does that change what you say? If you're only going to say out of your mouth, <clears throat> now I didn't say you wouldn't think things in your head, but you're only going to say out of your mouth what the outcome you desire. The outcome you desire. So, you know, when our kids were making horrible decisions, we were making declarations like they're idiots. And the Lord said, is that what you want? Is that what you want? Is that what you expect to happen? Or is there some other outcome that you're believing for? Because God will just allow you to just run your mouth and say whatever you're going to, but that's where your faith is revealed. Your faith, and you can write this down if you're taking notes, is revealed in two things, what you say and what you do. Your faith is revealed in what you say and what you do. Not just in what you say you believe, but in what you say and what you do. There are people, Jeannie did a great job there on tithing, but there are people who say, yeah, I believe that, but they're still not doing it. And there are lots of things, come on, let's be honest, there are lots of things we believe we don't do. Lots of things we believe we don't do. And that's where our, we have our list of, you know, I really should. Why did you say that? Because you know that you really should. And you do believe that, but you're not saying it and you're not doing it. Now, here's what's really powerful. And I, I'm going to run out of time before I get through all of this, but, but I want to really challenge you about this. When you align your conversation, what you say, it will align what you do. So what does that have to do with the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit is waiting for you to begin to address the chaos with what God the Father has already declared. James taught us this he, he, in, uh, his, in his book. He said that the tongue is like a rudder on the ship. All right? So whatever it is you're saying, that's the direction that you will guide your ship. Where do you want your ship to end up at the end of this year? Where do you want your family to be at the end of this year? Where do you want your finance to be at the end of this year? How about your health at the end of this year? All right, so is your tongue saying what you really want? Is it saying what God's word says? All right, now, when we talk about the word of God, and why I'm talking about that we need to make those declarations, because when we declare what the Word says, it already carries within it God's divine intention. Okay? What God wants to have happen. It already is there. All right? Like, I don't, look, I don't have to wonder if God wants me well, because His divine intention has already been revealed in Matthew 8, 17, that He bore my sicknesses and carried away my diseases. Are you with me? I don't have to wonder whether God wants my kids saved and living for him because my Bible tells me that he would train up, that if I train them up in the way they should go when they're old, they won't depart from it. So that's on him, not on me. I just need to make sure that I keep my conversation ordered in alignment with his word. So I'm really putting this challenge on you this morning. I, 
I just really felt impressed about this, that what are you saying? What are you declaring over your life right now? What are you declaring over your marriage? What are you declaring over your health? What are you declaring? You know, but I hate when people say things. I, I talk with people and they'll go, well, you know, it's, I just got old timer's disease, you know, because I can't remember anything. See, okay, so go ahead and say that, and it does sound cute, but it's not cute because you don't want that because it's a horrible disease and it's not even something we should even be making light of. It's like making fun of cancer. It's, it's terrible. You ever been with anybody that's had Alzheimer's to, to the full limit? It's horrible. It's a horrible, horrible disease. So don't even joke. I, I, I personally, I won't joke with people about stuff like that. Well, I guess my part-timers, I don't have part-timers either. I say that my mind is the mind of Christ, that my mind functions totally and absolutely as God created to function. It's not wearing out, hallelujah. If God could tell the Israelites that their shoes wouldn't wear out and their clothes wouldn't fade, then he can say to my brain, my brain will work until I'm dead. Amen. Completely and absolutely. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. So we never joke about, oh, Everybody's getting the flu. I'm not getting the flu. Huh? Don't claim what you don't want. But I want you to think about what are you declaring over your life right now? What are you saying? And, and look, I believe we have to do these. We have to do these checkups from the neck up, all right? Because that's how the direction of our lives are going to go. You are today what you said yesterday. I mean, when I say yesterday, I mean everything you're saying before that what you have believed, what you have said about what you believe, and then it is carried out in how you have acted. How you've acted. You know, the Bible, and I know that people are all rattled about this today, and, and I, want you to, I want you to think about how this applies to Scripture that people are rattled about people falling over dead from heart attacks right now. All right? Now look, the Bible tells us, Jesus said that men's hearts in the last days will fail because of, what did he say? Because of fear. Because of fear. Now can the COVID injections and all that, I don't know, but here's the thing. I know already that it's been talked about in Scripture. So here's what you need to be careful of. Don't let fear rule your life. Don't let fear rule your life. Get rid of anxiety. And I know, look, on a Sunday morning, we can all sit in here and go, well, I don't have any anxiety. Well, you're lying. And if you, you need to be honest with yourself. If you're worrying about tomorrow, you know, you're living your life based off, will you have enough social, will social security even exist when you retire? Will you have enough social, will you have enough pension? Will you have enough of this? Will you be able to make it? You know, are you going to get all, are you going to get cancer? Are your kids going to hell? You're worrying about all this stuff? The enemy's got you exactly where he wants you to be. And God has delivered you from the spirit of fear. Look at your neighbor and say, you're delivered from fear. God did not give us a spirit of fear that we're afraid. We're living in the 2 in the, in the, uh, Timothy there. It says in the uh, one translation, it said, God did not give us a spirit of cowardice. 
that we would just run and be afraid. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 29 that you and I, that the righteous are bold as a lion. They're not afraid. I'm going to say they're not scared of anything. Amen. They're not afraid. If we let fear rule and it rules in our belief system and then it begins to rule in our mouths, it will begin to affect what we do. It'll begin to affect how we live. It'll begin to affect what's going on. What are we declaring? Because that's what the Holy Spirit is waiting on. Man, I got a tough situation. Well, what are you saying over it? What's your declaration? Years ago, uh, true story, um, this pastor, his name is John Johnson. Uh, he's in Nelsonville, Ohio. And John had come to me and he had said, Pastor Jolliffe, he says, the Lord has spoke to me that this is the church we're supposed to get, but we don't have the money and we don't know how we could get it and we don't have the monies for repairs and we don't, have, uh, the, uh, we don't know how it's going to happen, but we feel like that's what the Lord wants us to do. So I, he had asked me to come and preach at his church and I preached a message about dry bones and I talked about how that the dry bones that when, when the Lord said to, the bone, to, to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, yeah, he said, can these dry bones live? And what did Ezekiel say? Oh, Lord, oh, Lord you know, right? That, and listen, that's a vast majority of Christian people today. Well, I don't know, whatever God wants, you know, whatever. Well, he already told you what he wanted. So I got up and told him, I said, here's what I want you to do. I want you all this week. I, I want you over the next several weeks until this all starts coming. I want you to go stand in front of this building during the week. And I want you just to declare over this building that this building will, will come into the possession of the church, that favor will be upon the ministry. Doors will open. Opportunities will become available. They'll be able, you'll be able to buy the building, pay cash for it. And then I want you to begin to declare, because it was gutted. I mean, it had been empty for a long, that there'll be drywall and there'll be insulation and there'll be electrical and all those things. I want you to start declaring what you're believing, what you see, get that vision in your heart, and begin to declare it and begin to speak it. And you know, uh, John, Pastor Johnson, he called me the next week and he said, man, it's the craziest thing. He said, I drove by the church the other day and there was, our, there was a whole bunch of our people standing out in front of the building with their hand up saying, in the name of Jesus, we declare it and we're declaring. Do you know that I got to go back and dedicate that building and it was completely finished and completely paid for? You're looking at a chaotic situation. But what are you calling? What are you speaking? I don't know who this is for today. I just, I feel like I can't get away from it. Abraham did not declare what was wrong in his situation. Abraham declared what God had said. And the Holy Spirit was at work. And there were times, did it look like that God wasn't working? Well, it was 25 years. But God was working. God was getting everything in line. Remember, God is not in our timeline. We're in our timeline. So God told Abraham, you're going to have seed as many as the stars. He never even got to see that happen. That happened. That was way beyond his lifetime. He only got to see his son born. Right? He only got to see his son born. And so all of the generations and things that were going to happen, he never even saw any of that. I mean, at least from here. But he believed the promise. 
and he declared what God had said. What is it that you're believing God for right now? The Holy Spirit is waiting. Mary, uh, I'll use this as my last verse and I'll have to stop this morning. So in the book of Luke chapter 1, or Luke chapter 2, I believe it is, it talks about how that Mary, the Holy Spirit, showed up and was talking to Mary. And uh, Mary said, well, how can I have a child? I've never known a man, right? Which is a great question. And in verse 35, the angel answered her. Now listen to the words. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Now, I want you to see this in context. What he just said was, here's the word, the child that will, he didn't say the child that could be born. He said the child that will be born, right? So he's made a declaration of how the word of the Lord over to Mary. Now, Mary still has to respond to it. And people say, well, you know, well, it was going to happen no matter what. That's not true because Mary said back, and I don't have time to turn to it this morning, let it be to me according to your, come on, let it be to me according to your, all right? That's exactly what you and I have to say back to God. Let it be to me according to your word. What is it, God? We could say it like this. Let it be to me according to your will. According to your will. Let that be to me according to your will. So when she said that, then the next thing we know, she has the, she's conceived. She has this, this, Jesus is in her womb. Now, he told you right there, the Holy Spirit comes upon the Word. The Holy Spirit is already there, but he moves in the Word. Because the Word of God carries within it God's divine intention, his will, his plan, what he has said. But there's power that needs to be available to bring that Word to pass in our lives. And what you and I want to be very, very careful of is that we're not mingling our seed in our lives, right? Do you need employees? Then you begin to declare over your business that in the name of Jesus, we have divine favor. People want to work for us here. I don't care what's going on in the economy. People want to work in this place and they want to work for the wages that we're paying here. And they want to be in this because they have a heart and a passion to do what we're doing. You want to make those kinds of declarations instead of, well, we just can't find anybody. See, that's a mingled seed. That's a mingled seed. All right, last story. Dr. Cho told this story years ago about this little girl, and she was kind of a plain young lady, but she wanted to get married. And so Dr. she had come to Dr. Cho and says, well, I've been praying and praying and praying about getting married and uh, but I nobody's interested in me and and Dr. Cho was like okay so tell me what you're believing for and she said well I, I just want a man <laughs> he said no you don't just want a man what kind of man do you want and so she started outlining he says I want you to be specific and see God does not mind us being specific in our request so he, he, she began to outline what it was that she was believing for in a man. And so she started writing things. Like, I want him to have brown hair. I want him to have blue eyes. 
um, you know, and among Asians, that means he's not going to be Asian, okay? So I want him to have, you know, all these different, I want him to be a Christian, I want him to love God, blah, 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 all these things. And, you know, and, 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 and like I said, the queen that would just, everybody was, you know, asking her out on dates, and so, so she wrote her list, and Dr. Cho says, now I want you just to begin to declare that over your life every day, that God's bringing this man into your life. And she did. She started doing that. Well, nothing was happening for a while, but she kept doing it. She believed what the Word said, and she believed what Dr. Cho, she believed it was God's will for her to be married, and so she just kept declaring that this man, and she went through the different attributes of what he would look like. Well, lo and behold, this guy ends up coming to the place where she's at who is a missionary. And guess what? He has brown hair and he has blue eyes. Now, she didn't go up to him and say, you're the guy, right? But it was an interesting thing that Cho tells about in his book, The Fifth Dimension. He talks about how, the fourth dimension, excuse me, talks about how that this guy came to that compound where she was at and he bypassed all the other women and went straight to her. What are you preparing for, friend? Where are you putting your faith? What are the limits you're putting on God right now in your life? Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is unlimited. He is unlimited. And if we want to see these things come to pass, we're going to have to release the word of God out of our mouth, make a declaration. God wants you to have employees in your business. Amen? You need them, right? God wants you debt-free. God wants your kids saved. Stop arguing with yourself in your head that you got to, he wants your kids saved. It's under the curse for your kids not to live for the God that you serve. I don't have time to turn to it. I'm just telling you, read Deuteronomy 28. It is under the curse of the law that you look at your children and long for them and they would reject your God. You're not under the curse. Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law, having become a curse for you. As is written, cursed is anyone that hangs upon a tree. You're free. Your declaration over your kids is that they should, that it should be that my children are serving God, that they're fulfilling his divine plan for their life. They'll walk with him all the days of their life, and it will continue on even past when I'm here. From generation to generation. Can you say Amen. Stand up with me if you would. What are you saying? What are you saying over your life? What are you saying over your health right now? What are you saying over your children, your finances, your your nation? Our government, our our P, our church. Hallelujah. We had a lady, we were talking one time, and we were talking about that God's bringing people to Amazing Grace Church, and it's going to grow, and it's not going to look like it did. Every year, it's going to just continue to grow with new faces and new people. And she says, well, I don't like having a big church. And we says, well, then you need to find a different church. <laughs> Amen. Because her words are not going to limit what God wants to do. We're declaring what God wants to do. Don't let your words begin to rob you. It's like the horse on a bridle, or the bridle on a horse, excuse me. Yeah, wouldn't that be a sight? 
pull the bridle wherever you want to go. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? Where do you want your health to go, your family, your finances? The Holy Spirit's just waiting. He's moving on the face of the water, just waiting in your chaos until you'll begin to say what God has said. Amen? Bow your heads with me right now. Listen, if this message has hit you somewhere in your life, I just want you to lift a hand up to heaven right now, if you would. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray for all those who have their hands lifted up. Lord, you can go ahead, Chuck, and come on up. Lord, I just pray right now, Father, by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that we would, as your word says, Lord, that God, that we would order our conversation aright, what we are talking about aright, and we would see the salvation of our God. God, help us, Lord, today. Not Help us while we're driving home today. Help us, Lord God, this afternoon and tonight, Lord, that we would begin to set a path and a pattern in our lives of declaring your word and your works over our families, finances, health, nation, Lord God, over all that we are a part of, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for it. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a good hand this morning. Amen.